Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Moon. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Feral Audio. Hello. Welcome to another live, live Todd Barry podcast. This one was from the Come and Take It Festival in Houston, Texas. It was a good one. It was a good one. I was kind of on fire. I don't know if I should say that, but I uh, got a few little lines in there that were pretty good, I think. Uh, I don't know if that means I was on fire, but you know what I mean. It was a good one. I'm trying to get you to listen to something that you already started listening to. But it might be backfiring. Anyway, I have uh, some tour dates. February 4th, Ronert Park, California. Then San Francisco, I'll be at the uh, Sketch Fest, February 5th through 8th. I'll be at the Traverse City Winter Comedy Arts Festival, February 13th and 14th. Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, the 21st of February. Columbus, Ohio, March 5th. Bloomington, Indiana, March 6th and 7th. South Bend, Indiana, March 8th. Asheville, March 17th. Durham, North Carolina, the 18th. Wilmington, North Carolina, the 20th. New Brunswick, New Jersey. Annapolis. Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Athens, Georgia. Hamden, Connecticut. I know, I stopped giving you the dates. I ran out of steam for that. Um, So check me out. You can find out these uh, shows on ToddBarry.com. Follow me at Twitter at ToddBarry. Follow Feral Audio. Go to FeralAudio.com for this podcast and a lot of others. And if you like this podcast, uh, feel free to rate it on iTunes. I haven't asked for that, I don't think, ever. But why not? It's nice to check that and uh, see new ratings, right? We're all about ratings, right? Here, live from Houston, is Mike Lawrence, Nia DeBose, and Gabe Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. You guys jazzed about a live podcast taping, huh? What are people filling in the seats? Three of the seats. Three more seats have been filled. Kind of overshot it while saying that uh, people were filling in the seats. It's based on three people sitting in three seats. Not nearly, oh, it's filling in. Am I, am I talking too much about this? I am? Okay. It's my podcast. I have creative control over it. If you can't have creative control over a podcast, there's no hope. Get notes from the audience on your podcast. Unbelievable. I did ask, though, to be fair. This is exciting, everyone. Anyone else have Domino's today? Yet Pizza Hut? Ugh. They don't pay me a hundred thousand a year like Domino's does. 
I just randomly ordered Domino's and staying in a neighborhood where there's nothing going on. It's got that weird urge. So it's, it's time to go back to when I would order Domino's. And I did it. People downloaded their app. Oh my God. Tells you that it's in the oven. You can tell I, I really did this because it's not funny at all the way I'm reading it. <laughs> I haven't come up with any comedy about it. I'm just thought it would be a real interesting thing to paint a little picture of me ordering pizza. Boy, did that, oh my God. We're off to a terrible start. I should have said pizza. I would have fucking blown the roof off the place. That would have been like serious podcast taping laughs. All right, this is about as full as it's gonna get. It's a nice big echoey room, as you know. It's an 80,000 seater, I'm fine with 75,000 people being. I mean, to draw 75,000 people for a podcast taping is pretty impressive. It's just the comic in me is focusing on the negative, the, the 5,000 empty chairs. For those of you listening at home, I'm at a stadium right now. I'm doing this at a stadium. Wow. Woman texting in the back, you doing all right there? All right. I run a tight ship, people. No texting, just focus on this amazing, unprepared podcast. Okay? Okay, sir. You got your beer there. You got your Kyle Kinane flyers. It's really all that you really need. Podcast should have been half over by now. I should have been in my third guest by now. But I'm rambling. All right, folks, let's start this shit, shall we? Please welcome from New York City, Mike Lawrence, everybody. Mike. Hey, how's it going? Picking up, is that the right mic for you to pick up? Huh? You're the first guest, you picked up the second mic. This guy does it his own way, huh, people? Or it shows how much of an inferiority complex I have. Was it a germ thing where you're like, oh, that first mic's been... <laughs> you like one of those people who takes the third newspaper and pretend people still buy newspapers. As I said that, I was like, no one even knows what I'm talking about. The third MacBook in? The third... Like when you're at the Apple store. I noticed you fist bump earlier. You're a germ guy? No, my hands have always been like really gross and sweaty. And this is what happens when people are like, they'll say that, oh, you don't want to shake my hand. And I'll explain like, they're really like, they glisten like the back of Luther Vandross's neck. All right. Like they're gross. <laughs> but people will always like, want, like. Could have used a guy who's still alive for that one. Yeah. Seems like a Vandross crowd. Uh, and so, but what will happen is like drunk guys will be like, no, I want it anyway. Like, and then they'll just be like, give it to me. And then I'm like giving them my greasy, sweaty hand. And they're just like, feels good. Like, it's really weird. I do it out of respect for people. The fist that's, that's highly respectful. Yeah. Has that happened a lot with the, uh, give it to me. Yeah. 
I've never had anyone do that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's also the beard touching. I, I fucking hate the beard touching. Really? Yeah, it's a violation. So people come up to you and go, I want to touch you. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what... There's no part of my act that makes me seem approachable. I don't know why people feel like they could just touch my face. They're like, I don't know if I could talk to him, but I, he'd probably let me yank on his beard. Yeah. And force a handshake on him. Well, there, there is, like, a strand of, like, uh, Pringles in it, so I figure, like, if I just reach for that, it'll be okay. Do you have Pringles in your beer? No, not right now. Because uh, I knew this was a big show. <laughs> it's a podcast. No one knows at home the extent of all the snack foods in your beard right now. He's got Chex Mix in there. Just your voice makes this feel like I'm doing an interview with NPR. <laughs> Not sure. Not sure if that's an insult, but uh, it's like part of me is like I should be funny, but it's also I should tell them about my macrame collection and how I help out African children. I don't. Really? I should. You said that right after I said you had checks mix in your beard. <laughs> it was Pringles. Or so NPR. <laughs> It was Mr. Pringles, but Sex Mix was like, can, you, can we sponsor you? <laughs> now, Mike, this is a fact that you guys don't know, probably. I used to live in South Florida, mm-hmm. and I started doing comedy with his mother. Yeah. That's not a oh. She was a comedian. <laughs> it's not, it's yeah. not some sort of abstract mama joke. Oh, I did. She, she would bring it up, and, and like when I remember when I moved to New York, she would be like, "Tell Todd I'm your mom, and that'll help you get on shows." And then I was just the creepy guy who came up to you and was like, "You know, you perform with my mom in 1987. <laughs> Give me a career now." <laughs> Even if I would do it based on that, it'd be a little yeah. weird to go to like the comedy club in New York. Go, hey. Uh, can you get this guy on stage? I did comedy with his mother 20 years ago. <laughs> Sounds like a funny dude. Well, I, I Why met, don't we give him a double slot? <laughs> I, met, I met you at Invite Them Up in, in 2007 when I moved to New York, and I thought, based on the name, it was an open mic. And oh, rookie mistake. <laughs> it's New York, motherfucker. I know. There's but no so, well, they invite the comics up. Like, I didn't know any better, you know? All I had was a year and two months of Florida bringer training. That's about... Were there bringer shows in Florida? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. At casinos. It, I, I once... It was the saddest. I, you, would, you would try to bark people to, to come in to be your ten people. And I barked. There was this fat guy. And I was like, hey, hey, you want to come see comedy? And he just goes... I'm actually the show, and it was John Panette, and he pointed to, like, a humongous poster of himself. <laughs> but, but it's like, when you're barking, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't see faces, I see hope. <laughs> that happens to me, because, like, in the, where the comedy cellar is, there's, like, three comedy clubs there. Oh, yeah. So they have these guys barking, and they'll walk by a comedy show tonight, I give them an extra long stare. As if to say, are you sure you want to be asking me about that? And then when I know, when they go, I don't, I just think you're just another person, not a comedian. I go, do your fucking homework. Now see, here's the funny thing. I don't really talk to people like that. But 
I'm not at the cellar, but I work those clubs. And my favorite thing is I ask them to pitch me. Oh, yeah. They'll be like, oh, who's on the show tonight? And they'll be like, Eddie oh. Murphy. <laughs> yeah. No, but they'll sometimes say Mike Lawrence. And I'm like, all right, what's he like? And they're like, oh, he's really fun. And, and, and it's super like high energy, like everything that I'm not. Because all they're, they're just reading what they think you want out of comedy. And that, that's why like Barker's in New York will always ask you who your favorite comic is. Because then they'll just... You know, it's like it's like the John Edward guy who tells people their dead parents are talking to them. Like they're doing the same thing, but it's more evil because it hurts our industry. Or they'll just uh, the ones in Times Square. There's Times Square people that do it, and they will uh, they'll always they'll lie about who's on the show. They'll be like, "Oh yeah, Chris Rock goes there every night." I don't think he goes to the club every night. <laughs> He's been there, but every night. And then they show up, and there's like all like the guy who sold them the tickets is uh, is the headliner. Well, you know what, now with, like, TripAdvisor and Yelp and all of these things, like, whenever you do a show and all the audience is barked in that way, you realize they have to be dumb because they were the ones who were told, what, there's comedy in New York City and we can see it tonight and it's only $37? Show me the way. My TripAdvisor reviews are off the charts, by the way. That's why, like, no one is, you know, because there was the, the fight with the UCB to pay comics a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and what no one has realized is that those same, you know, Swedish chef tourists that come to those, like, clubs, they're going to the alt shows now because they read Time Out New York and, and TripAdvisor and all that. Yeah, and then, then they don't get me because I'm so deep. Yeah. <laughs> I go, I go, you tourists. I, mean, I there's only want to play to people I, from New York. I hate it like, when I'm bombing in front of Norwegians with my Fraggle Rock dick jokes. <laughs> I actually, I was just in Norway. I, I did, it's a great place to perform. Seriously. Why do they just send the worst people to come here then? It's like the opposite of what Krypton did. But I have like... <laughs> I have like 175 crazed Norwegian fans who showed up. So you get your people... It changes everything. It's like this crowd is so nice. It's because they're all they have, they're all Norwegian. I can't believe I acknowledge something yelled out from the crowd. I love Todd yeah. Berry's voice. It sounds like the ocean breeze when we're on a fjord. <laughs> <laughs> he knows a lot about Norway. <laughs> I still just remember, I was like, hey, my mom did comedy with you 25 years ago. You're like, that's nice. <laughs> I don't think I said it like that. Nah. Let's recreate it. Go ahead. Come up to me. <laughs> Say, my mom did. My mom did comedy. Oh, Alice. Yeah, she was great. I liked her. How's she doing? That's the way it went down. <laughs> And I, go, yeah, I didn't right. even tell you my mom's name. You just knew I was Alice's son. <laughs> like, oh, I know what happened to that woman. Uh, <laughs> no, I'd actually heard. I'd heard about you before I met you. I heard, oh, Alice's son is doing comedy and he's funny. Now oh. you feel like shit? I hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> I feel great that I pointed that out. <laughs> now, I'm in your act also. Yes. You can tell this story. This is good. Oh, man, Maybe I haven't done good. this bit in a while. Oh, fuck. Bring it back. 
I'm I'm trying. <laughs> um, it's something. Well, something about pedophiles. I know that, <laughs> which narrows it up. Uh, <laughs> It was, oh God, it's okay. So my, I do this joke about my mom saying, you know, my mom wants to manage my comedy career and she's like, you should smile more. You have an angel's mouth. <laughs> and I was like, no, you should just manage pedophiles and groom them uh, to woo children or something no, like that. No, you didn't use groom. You used a different word. I said, I said woo. That's what I said. Yeah, right? you said woo. Woo. And then, and then Todd <laughs> came up to me and he said, Pedophiles don't woo their victims. They groom them. <laughs> Open the pod bay doors, Hal. That's Yeah, and, and you said and you said that and so then I was like, I hope and then so then I, I would go on stage, I would do the bit and I would say that someone said that about me, and I was like, uh, I hope someone arrests that guy because he's clearly a pedophile. <laughs> I do the joke at, at Bridgetown, and he goes, you know that pedophile? It was me. <laughs> I'm the pedophile. That was a magic moment where you talked about me without mentioning me, and then who shows up after you? Me. Yeah. So those people in Portland had a wonderful experience. Although I don't think we can recreate here. Yeah. Did it, did, it, did, it, did it bother you at all? Or? No, no. Why? He's like, I, I wouldn't just wish I was mentioned. Much. I wish you know. I think you should say Todd Barry of ToddBarry.com came up to me <laughs> by his new special and then said and corrected yeah. me. It wasn't just any pedophile. It was the star of Dr. Katz and... No, fucking wow, you just, just shut this room down. <laughs> <laughs> this, was a, this was a hot room. So you shut it down by mentioning a show that three people here have watched. Cause <laughs> but I just because justified those three people's existence. <laughs> I wasn't a, no, I wasn't saying, I'm just saying the audience is young, that's all I'm saying. But looking around, you know what, they're not that young. They've all no, seen Dr. Like, Cats. It's like 15 young people and then like the old dad. Like for every 15 young people here, there's an old dad who was like, I'll drop you off and go to the liquor store. And then they're like, I guess I'll come too. You think that's what this audience is? Uh, yeah. They're, they're, like for every like 25 year old, I've seen like a 50 year old sea captain. Uh, I love that. I love that you think in Texas liquor stores are open on Sunday night. <laughs> I'm did, guessing I did, they're not. I did a joke making fun of the NRA and people were just like not happy. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, it was amazing. I'm a gun owner. I'm kind of pissed off. Never. I just, I just imagine like, if you're pro-gun, do you just watch those shootings and go, yep, I keep that happening. I feel like things are about to get political. <laughs> so let's start talking about Chex Mix again. <laughs> Have you ever shot a gun? No. I've never shot. I, I don't. I've filmed like many things. No, a few things with uh, fake guns and even like a fake gun. They come up to you and go, this is not a real gun, but we're, it's going to be aimed at your head. But it's not real. And they show you that it's not real. It's still terrifying. Well, I've realized like there's a direct correlation between the type of people I've met who fired a gun and the type of people I've met who still want to shake my hand after I tell them how sweaty it is. Think about it, people. 
just a, or or they'll be like, you ever fire a gun? It's like fucking, and I'm like, oh, you just haven't fucked before. It's nothing like that. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not that loud. If it was like fucking, why would you ever try to fuck again? You'd just be like, it's the gun range is always open. <laughs> why buy all those drinks? Shooting a gun's like fucking. It lasts two seconds. Like it doesn't. It's not braggy at all. Sad. <laughs> I don't think they meant duration, but I see what you. I was I was banned from my high school prom because they thought I would because I, I went to school when like Columbine was happening and all of that, and this girl asked me if I was going to go and I to prom and I just jokingly said I don't have enough bullets for everybody. <laughs> Plus, have the every, the profile of every person who did that at that point. <laughs> And so, you, you were in an airport when you said this. <laughs> the only, the only, they were going to arrest me, but I was like, my mom's friends with Todd Barry. And then they're like, all right, we'll let you go. Did you really get banned from your prom? I had to sign a waiver saying that I wouldn't go. Uh, it was under threat of expulsion. If I went to my prom, I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't be able to go. So I basically just had to go home and listen to uh, I Believe I Can Fly by Myself. I love that they, the they, they punished you for talking about bullets, but they thought like a waiver. Hey, he signed a waiver. He's going to be fine. <laughs> he would never sign a waiver and then shoot up a school. <laughs> just, just wouldn't be right. I mean, the guy I'm just, I'm just honoring that waiver. As I'm shooting the principal, he's like, it was legally binding! It was foolproof! I got it notarized at the bank. <laughs> my uncle's a senator. Why did this happen to me? So you know, you know what I did my prom night? I went to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'm like, that is the place for people who are not going to prom. Yeah. <laughs> that is not going to prom central. Yeah. Just the fat guy who throws rice at the <laughs> wedding scene, but then eats some of it too. Like you, they. The thing about the Rocky Horror Picture Show—it was so interesting because I was bullied in high school, and then you go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, they're all nerds, but they're the worst bullies ever because they do this thing: if you don't know the words to every song, they haze you, and they always bring up like young girls. So I watched this like 15-year-old girl crying while Time Warp was playing and she was they made her like drink the soda out of a guy's belly button because she didn't know all the words. So that's that's hardly any soda though. <laughs> but that's the real hazing part of that is I didn't even get a full But watching that's it, not even a small. <laughs> Watching it made me think, like, oh, this encapsulates my four years of high school. Sometimes I was the girl, and for once I was the belly button. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was a weird, I was, I mean, I'm a weird adult, so it's not, you know, but I was a weird kid. I, I was, before I did comedy, I did slam poetry for seven years. Are you, seven years? Yeah. In While South working at McDonald's, I would write poems in the drive-thru. Like, people would come up and place orders. I'm like, you're interrupting my poems. Like, that's... I worked at the McDonald's on Commercial Boulevard and University Drive. 
plantation or tamarack. I don't remember what city it was. <laughs> Just in case you drive by it in South Florida. You go, I guess who worked there? Uh, State Road 84 right near where Uncle Funny's was. Oh, that's not a good one. No. <laughs> I worked at the Primo McDonald's. How long did you work there? Uh, May 16th, 1999, December 28th, 2006. Holy shit. Yeah. Ronald hasn't worked there that long. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, like, I started and finished in the entirety of when the Star Wars prequels came out. and So that's like s- six or seven years you did? Yeah. So yeah. what was your... What was your salary, starting salary, and what did you... Normally, I don't talk money, but it's, you know... It's not going to be a lot of money we're it talking It feels about. weird, like... It feels weird saying my salary in Texas where people voted to make sure this happens. Uh, but, so, not so these fuck, people. Yeah. I'm just... The part of me that's angry is the part of me that landed in George Bush Airport today. Uh, you should be sorry. Uh, no, uh... 525 is what I started at and I ended at $6.45 after five raises. Shit. Wait, wait, why is one person clapping? It was five raises. He lasted 12 years as a slave. That's good. I'm going to let that sit without comment. I don't want to get dragged into that. The backlash, it's all going to be against Mike Lawrence. For the horrible taste joke he just made. I am offended. Are you going on the road? Huh? Have you been doing the road or anything? Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. Let's hear some cities. Um, you want to hear the worst one? Of course I want to hear the worst. I know. No, I don't want to. Tell me about where you killed. (laughs) That'd be a fun story. (laughs) As a comic, I want to hear about how you killed somewhere. No, get to the fucking shit gig. (laughs) Warehouse Live. Uh, (laughs) Todd Berry's podcast. This Um, is going very well. No, it's fun, yeah. Um, Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, because uh, the thing is, if you perform in Florida and you say you're from Florida, but you're not from their Florida, they hate you so much more. Because like I'm from the Florida with brown people, and so they fucking really hated me. Like being from Florida made it worse. But this was the worst thing that happened. I was bombing so bad uh, that there was this table in the front of of drunk ladies who. All could have auditioned for the Sea Hag and Popeye. And they're literally, so what happens is, I'm bombing so bad, they start taking pictures of each other. And then they hand me their camera phone and say, Can you take a picture of us? <laughs> we want to put it on Instagram. Oh my. And well, they didn't quite understand the way a show works. <laughs> And I did it just because I was like, I just want to do one thing right for these people. <laughs> and the woman afterwards, uh, one of the women whose picture I took, she came up to me and she said, you know what I liked about you? She's like, you weren't funny. You weren't interesting. But you never gave up. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, oh, my God. <laughs> here's another thing. That happened in that same set. 
I do this joke about uh, recruitment officers. The people say support the troops, but no one ever says support the recruitment officers. And the joke is like, there comes a time in a brave man or woman's life where their country will ask, will you fight for them? And they will say no, but I will find someone who will. <laughs> now, I start doing this joke and this guy takes out his phone and it's a picture of his wife and he goes, she fought for this country and sacrificed her life so you can tell your shitty jokes. <laughs> and what was sadder about it was he was sitting I hope he didn't just go, thank you. <laughs> he was sitting next to his two daughters who both had Game of Thrones t-shirts on who were the only people laughing during my whole set. And then they felt, they were like, they were like upset at their dad, but also sad for the town. Like, you know, this is the thing I realized, like you sell more CDs when you bomb. Like I sold the most CDs I ever did after that set, because the people that bought them were like, we're not all like that part of Jacksonville. <laughs> They're like, we want to tell people how bad it was. <laughs> well, we want to give it sort of another layer. Like, here, they're hoping you were bombing on the CD as well as Rumson. Yeah. It's like women are like, I always disagree with Bethany at the PTA meetings, and I thought she was a bitch during your set. So here's five bucks. Take that's That's good money to take right there. Yeah. Mike Lawrence, everybody. Let's Thank hear it. Mike, is there anything you want to plug? Um, anything to plug? Uh, yeah, you could. Uh, I am at the Mike Lawrence on Twitter and MikeLawrenceComedy.com, and my album Satamantium is on sale. That was three plugs. I said one. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, oh my God, I met this woman yesterday. This is just one of those dream casting stories you hear about. <laughs> I met her yesterday, and now she's going to be on my show. She's a Houston comic. Nia DeBose, everyone. Nia DeBose. Hello. Hey, Nia. This is a big opportunity. Oh. No pressure. None at all. This is no. big time. Nope. When you got the call. When you got the text from... When I got the Facebook message. Oh, it's by yeah. Facebook. Hey. <laughs> Uh, it changed my life, really. Uh, this guy's young, my favorite part of the festival, by the way. The guy who takes pictures. The guy who has no talking. qualms about running to the front of the stage <laughs> with his shitty phone camera. <laughs> what were you saying? I'm sorry. Well, uh, you know, for a young, uh, poor black girl from the ghetto, I'm not. I'm not from the ghetto. I was, you got some money? No. Look, I got a by couple By the way, thanks bucks. for stealing my intro. You're welcome. <laughs> from the ghetto. The ghettos of the suburbs. Um... No, I, I was just really pleased to be contacted to be a part of it because usually most comics don't want a woman on their show. No, I, I specifically so. Yeah, so thank wanted you. a woman on the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. We should just end it right here. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Good night. With me, uh, yeah. me patting myself on the back. For... So affirmative action works, guys. I booked a woman on the show. Thank you. Good night. You're welcome. And I'm black. All right. And she's black. Oh, shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
That means I can do like another 20 white guys in a row after. Uh, the, the, the room I is had the black woman on a few months ago. I think I'm the only black woman in here. What's actually. that? I think that I'm the only black woman in, in this actual venue. Right? Make noise, somebody, a woman of color. Okay, they're biracial. That biracial. Too. Yeah. She's got fun hair color, too. It's, we're representing. There's a lot of things that people won't understand by listening to this. <laughs> no, right. Because they're listening. Now, to you it. told me yesterday when I was like, we'll figure out what to talk about. You go, well, I am a city bus driver. Yeah. And I was like, ooh. Yes. <laughs> we got something to talk about. I've, um, well, after trying to make comedy my full time job, and that failed, I got a job <laughs> driving a, a city bus. And to be honest with you, that's actually where a lot of the material comes from. I would think so. Yeah. I think a one-woman show could come from that easily. I, I think in the course of eight hours, you'll have somebody jack... Like, all bodily functions occur within that eight hours. Some dude jacks off, somebody... Seriously? Vomits, somebody... Yeah, just for some strange reason. So every day, someone jerks off on your bus? Not every day. Or, or if they do, they don't let me know about it. They just... There's, they're discreet. They don't let you know about it. Hey, I just... Before I... I, I don't want to be rude. <laughs> Before I step out, thank you for getting my stop right in. Uh, That's what the movie Speed should have been about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrorized bus driver. There's so many hobos, I don't know what to do. So you just go back there and you find evidence of a, someone jerking off? Uh, on occasion, and then sometimes you'll walk in on someone doing it, like if they're along walk the in. side. Not walk in, walk up, approach, <laughs> stumble upon. I don't like my bus drivers walking around. Yeah. <laughs> He's just walking around <laughs> masturbating in front of people. He's walking around. You know, buses, you know, it's a straight shot. It's, you're going to be all right. Yeah. You'll, go ahead. You'll, you'll find people just doing strange stuff. Now, on the corner near my hotel yesterday, I saw a guy, couldn't quite figure it out, but there was a bus parked there. And he's like, fuck, I'm going to be fucking late. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> And then the bus took off. Yeah. Like, he seemed like he had a chance to get on the bus, but, but was very mad at this bus because he was going to be that late for work. That was probably his stop. He had already gotten off and then had to walk. Oh. Yeah. Was it raining? Because we'll do that. We'll kick your ass off in the rain. Oh, so you're saying he dropped him off so the walk to work would make him late. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not like purpose. I should probably say that because I don't want my boss to listen to this and think I'm just an asshole to people. But yeah, it happens. What do you think the chances are your boss listens to my podcast? You are, <laughs> now that I've spoken it into the universe, it's a possibility. I'm going to say this is a safe zone. And who knows? I want to thank the Houston uh, Transit Commission for keeping the Todd Perry <laughs> podcast alive. For approving my day off so I could come here. And Do you ever, do you get yelled at? Because I, I ride the bus in New York even though I'm a celebrity. And I... Not humble brag. Hashtag humble brag. I sometimes, I sometimes, it's, some, it's great when you take it, I'll take it late at night sometimes if I'm uptown and it's like, it skips so many stops. It's like, it's like getting a cab for 250 Really? Yeah. No, down here you get every stop. And, really? Uh, there's, and it stops at like 10 o'clock. Like we don't have 24 hour. Uh, 10 o'clock? Maybe not 10. Some routes are 10, some are 6. I don't know. But some of them are, uh, I think the latest one we have runs until about 2 a.m., something like that. Oh, and man. you don't want to ride that bus because that's just... I've had people have drug overdoses on the bus. Uh, was it the same guy who was jerking off? It was... He, we, <laughs> he that's jerked a big off night and then him. he had a drug overdose. It was horrible. <laughs> uh, no, I think the guy actually... Did he die? I don't really know, but... Uh, <laughs> 
It's all a blur, you know. I those... didn't really follow up on the guy after they loaded him up in the in the. In you the do thing. follow up. <laughs> but no, he was complaining about the bus being cold, and I told him I was like, "Well, it's I got the heat on." So what's your shift? Like, what? How many hours? At the time, I was working like early, early, early mornings. I was like the first bus out, which means he had been out there all night. So he was like, "Let me own this motherfucker." I was like, "Nah, man, you gotta wait." I gotta come back around, and I came back around hoping he wouldn't be there, but he jumped out from like behind a, like like a part. Hey, I need the bus. I said, I'm fine, shit. And I let him on, and he kept complaining about how cold it was, even though I had the heat on. And then he put both hands in his shirt and started rocking back and forth. He said, "It's cold on this motherfucker." And then I looked up and said, "Man, I got the heat." And I looked up, and his eyes were like rolling in his head, and and he has had his hands in his shirt. And he like stiffened up. Boom, like hit the ground, head on the, the twitching, and it was pretty bad. I already had another homeless guy on the bus, and I pulled over, and I kind of stood over him with the radio trying to get, you know, help. And he goes, man, I got somewhere to be. Can we prop him up in the seat? And we, <laughs> I said, where the fuck you got to be, man? It's... We had a job interview at four o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. Shut up. It's terrible. I got somewhere to be. Can you ignore the guy dying on your bus? <laughs> Can we prop him up in a seat? Not just like leave him. At least he was considerate and wanted to do like a weekend at Bernie's. It's, dig- it's more dignified. Yeah. It's like, yeah. If hey, I'm not at the docks, they will kill my wife. Like that's, <laughs> that's like a Liam Neeson thing. <laughs> I've got somewhere to be at 4 a.m. on the bus. <laughs> The lines really starts to build up at that soup kitchen. You got to get there on time. So, how long have you been doing this? I've actually been driving uh, for five years, a little bit over five years. And do you like it? It's okay. I just got tired of being told we, uh, we already booked a woman and we don't uh, have Def Jam comics. I got being tired of told that over and over again. So I said, fuck it, I'll get a job. And they didn't tell you that when they, you applied for the bus driving job? They did, but I persisted. We hired a woman bus driver the other day. <laughs> We've already got our one. Sorry. You don't have enough Do people team. really say that to you? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, that they'll tell you if they don't know that I'm black on the phone and I'll send them like a YouTube clip and they're like, oh, uh, we, we don't have uh, urban comedy here. Like they try to mask it. No. That's not uh, a very good job masking it. We've already, <laughs> we've got a pretty, we've already got a very We don't diverse. hire black comedians. <laughs> yeah, we've already had a woman. We had a woman about six months ago. So, yeah. That's terrible. You can tell that all the time. How, at least one guy was really blunt. Uh, he was like, I already got a black chick. Talk to me next year. I was like, really? Next year? You can only have one per year? He said, I already have a black chick? Yes, that woman was, I think, about 25 years older than me. But, you know, black chick. So. What if it was Medea? <laughs> She's just taking all your spots. That would have sent me into a murderous rage. And then... Hallelujah! All that warehouse life! And then I'd be in the news. But at least I'd be able to, you know, have some publicity and I could perform in prison. That could work. <laughs> Positive thinking. That's how I try to look at it. So how long, like, so how many hours in one day do you do the, drive the bus? Cumulative. Sometimes you work a split shift. Are we going to talk about me driving a bus? Yeah, we don't have to talk about that one. I tell jokes. You're like right. Funny Let's get ones. back to comedy. That's... You're right. You're right. I agree with you. <laughs> but, uh, no, you work like... Uh, I apologize. Anywhere from 12 hours a day, or right. as little as... It's... You know what it is? I talk to so many comedians, they're like, oh, I never talked to a bus driver. It's... <laughs> it's it also I actually have questions for a bus <laughs> <Yeah>. driver. <laughs> um, like? 
like no no we're done no? with the bus okay. Let's, oh, how long you been doing comedy i've been doing comedy for it'll be nine years February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. February 15th. And you started here in Houston? I started here in Houston. Where, Where was the first place you went on stage? The first place I ever did stand-up was uh, the Houston Improv. They used to have open mic there, um, I believe, every Wednesday at the time. And uh, I went up just to, just to watch, just to spectate. And I saw some pretty awful performances. And I was inspired. And, <laughs> And uh, I said, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. I can get on stage and talk about my period for I five think that's minutes. like half, yeah. half the motivation for a lot of comics is just, yeah. like, oh, oh, that? Yeah, the that's, same for you, where you oh, go. The, and, I was doing poetry, and a guy went up who was so sad. <laughs> and his literal last line was, I'm going to go kill myself. And I'm like, I've said that before. I can do this. <laughs> that's, <laughs> Nine years later. Here we are. Dreams yeah. do come true, folks. Yeah. So how often do you get on now? Do you go on the road? Uh, when I can, if I have a convincing enough lie to get the weekend off, I do. Let's hear some of your um, lies. Let's see. I, oh, I've got some. I've come up with some crazy ones. Uh, I don't have children, but I said that my daughter uh, had a hernia and I needed to help her go to like physical therapy. Uh, you said I, she had a hernia? Yeah, a hernia, but physical Man. therapy. You couldn't just go, my daughter's sick? No, no. I, had, I felt like I really needed to sell it. No, uh, I like that. I and, that makes it more convincing. Well, you would think after five years they, they would figure it out by now by like Google no, me or something, like, but they... It's like they... She keeps using, working, so she I keeps keep using their hernia excuse. <laughs> that She's poor like, daughter, my we've, God. You've given her 50 days off. <laughs> I just imagine you taking all the people on the bus to a bringer show, like two hours away. Like, I got 27 people. You wouldn't do that. No, I would never do that because I don't want them showing up. Like, it'll, they'll just be pissing and shitting and jacking off everywhere. <laughs> have, you ever, yeah, have you ever been to And then I'll be that comic with that fan base. You don't want to book me in a bows. If I can show up and jack off everywhere, it's horrible. Is there, is there any difference in appearance between someone who jacks off on a bus and an open micer? No, there's no difference at all. It would be you, actually, sitting on the bus. My first credit. <laughs> uh, I was going to make something about finding something in his beard, but... <laughs> Jizz in the beard? That shut the room down, huh? I'm blowing the roof off this mother sucker. So you're at this festival. Which, how many shows are you doing here? Uh, this is actually just my second appearance. I've, really? Yeah, I went up earlier today. Where, um, where can we see you next perform? You can see me on route number 82. No, I'll be... <laughs> It's trying to take it back from the bus, and you keep bringing up the bus. Started from the bottom. I'm still there. I'm still at the bottom. Uh, no, I'll be performing somewhere for Valentine's Day. I've got a lot of things lined up, and I'll, I'll put them on on the tweet twat on the Twitter and the. And the Wait, the, what's tweet twat? I'm on, on. <laughs> it's this new I'm thing. You ever heard about it? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get a verified account on tweet twat. No, it's uh, probably on Twitter and, and uh, not on Instagram and Facebook. That's it. I stopped at that. Just Facebook, Twitter. No Instagram, huh? No Instagram. I do have an Instagram, but it's a secret Instagram, so I can lurk on other people's accounts. But I don't like to talk about that. That's neither here nor there. 
That's, that's like what a, like a superstar celebrity would do. Oh, like, really? Is like, that, yeah, I just thought like, I was what a creep like would Johnny do. Johnny Depp probably has a secret Instagram. <laughs> just like to watch. I'm a people watcher. I'll give you $1,000 if you tell me your secret Instagram. <laughs> Repeat that about the $1,000? No, I didn't hear that. No? Okay. I just thought that'd be a shocking, funny thing to say. <laughs> didn't seem to be either, though. <laughs> This crowd turned on me for the first time <laughs> since the last time they turned on me. <laughs> uh, do you have anything you want to plug? You, what, your, what's your Twitter twat? Uh, Twitter twat. I'm at, um, at LOL Nia DeBose. Nina DeBose. N-I-A-D-E-B-O-S-E. And that's it. No website? No website. I'm, I'm so low-key, though. Kind of like a hipster comic, which is it's pretty cool. You probably never hipster heard of Hipster comics are the first. Bit. They have a website before they have a joke. <laughs> That's <laughs> like that's first things first. Wow, I did not expect that eruption over that. Let's. You got to register your name, though. I probably will. Please don't do that until don't I don't cyber yeah, squat no. it. There was a guy that did that, like he registered people's names, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was like, I'll sell it back to you for twenty dollars. Like, fuck you. Who does that? That's a that's a low rent cyber squatter. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get like Brad Pitt to come in. It's like, it's bottom feeder. Let's do 800,000, Brad. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. And uh, check out her clips. There's some YouTube clips. I'm on YouTube, also yeah. on the Tube of Views. Uh, I think I'm also on rooftopcomedy.com. And there's another one I don't remember. I think it's a comedy time TV network.com, something like that. That sounds shady. I no, I'm joking. It, it is. It's a little bit. If a they're listening, bit. I was joking. A little Go bit. On. Please let me be on your thing. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Nia. Thank you. My final, my final guests. I just drove, did a brief tour with this guy, let him open for me and drive me everywhere. Okay. <laughs> He's a funny dude. He's a Houston native, I think. Gabe Bravo, everybody, Gabe. Oh my God. Was that a real pratfall or was that? That was planned. For the listeners, I just uh, fell on the stage for comedic effect. This guy knows how to do a podcast, open with a visual joke. That's right. (laughs) Playing to the back of the room. Uh... Now, Gabe, we just did some shows together. Yeah. Did you enjoy those shows? Yeah, they were pretty good. Whoa. He knew that. That got under my they were, uh They were very good. They were very fun. I enjoyed myself a lot. Started out in Oklahoma. That's fun. That was fun. Home of uh, uh, Wayne Coyne. Home of Wayne Coyne. Yeah. Someone actually drove me by his actual home. That's all. Oh. I don't know what was so exciting about that. I guess nothing was exciting about that. It's like, oh, it's a home. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Then we did uh, Dallas. That was fun. Yeah. Then we drove here, and you were telling me, what were you telling me? Oh, you told me. You were talking about this road trip you took. Oh, yeah. Uh, I drove, like, 38 hours to, uh, to go see my favorite band, The Dismemberment Plan. And I drove the entire way without stopping by myself. Well, my friends were in the car, but I drove the entire time. Now, I got to say, this Dismemberment Plan, I've heard of them 
couldn't tell you one note of anything they play. I don't know anyone who likes them. You're the first person. But oh. I know people like them. I know. What do they do? They're pretty good. I have no idea who they are. No. What do they do? They do uh, like sporadic, crazy um, rock music. I don't know. Pretty good, I guess. I mean, I'd say it's worth 29 hours to drive, but not 38. <laughs> I mean, we're being honest. So you did 38 hours. You didn't do it. There was no... Uh, no, hey, let's get a day's in or something? Uh, no, we stopped in Frederick, Maryland. That was actually the, uh, that's when the 38 hours was over. And then we drove to Philadelphia from there the next day. Oh, that kills the whole story. No. <laughs> you couldn't power Anyone through? Could, what's that? So you couldn't power through? Just, you uh, no, it was uh, 38 hours of being awake in a car with smelly dudes. So eating how many eating days? gas station food. The car stunk so badly. <laughs> how many days before the show did you have to leave? You just have to really time that. Did you, did you really like uh, Google Maps it? We, uh, yeah, we did. And then we, we arrived uh, in Frederick the day before. And then we left in the morning from Frederick to Philadelphia. This is a really uninteresting story, I feel. I thought when I was thinking about it that we could make it interesting. <laughs> Did they sure. announce they were playing in Houston the no, moment that you uh, saw them live? <laughs> yeah, they, uh, I just, you know, I don't like watching shows in Houston. I like to go up north 38 hours. Uh, they were only playing in Philadelphia. That was the only show that, were, that had tickets left. And so I've never, I'd seen them like when I was in like seventh or eighth grade in Austin. And then I hadn't seen them since. So you're like, I could scalp tickets for $200 or I could spend 700 on gas. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was in a Prius. And, and it was like plus uh, 20 hours. bucks in gas. Really? No. <laughs> it's more than that, Todd. That would be funny if it was a hybrid thing. So I could fall again. Anyone want to see that? Follow my... I could fall, uh, fall on the ground again if you guys need me to do that. <laughs> Have you ever done that with another band, or is that the only band? Have you ever what? Have you ever done another crazy, like... Uh, yeah, when I was in high school, high school, it wasn't like a long drive, but it was a crazy story. I, uh... It was my friend's birthday, and the next day we had off of school, and I had just gotten my car. It was a Suburban. And to get out of my parents' house after they fell asleep, the lights didn't turn off, so I had to tape newspapers over the headlights and back out. And uh, so I did that. We grouped at my friend's apartment, and uh, we left. And um, two of my friends started having sex in the back. They thought they were being like real discreet about it. Uh, but you could kind of smell it. It was really gross. It was so gross. In the back of the car? In the back of my Suburban. I had gotten rid of the back row of seats. and uh, Well, uh, oh, whose God. fault is that, then? <laughs> yeah, there's also a you nice... One of my favorite blankets was back there. It was terrible. So your Suburban turned into a city bus. It was a night. fuck wagon, yeah. Uh, I reckon uh, my Suburban was a little smellier, honestly, that day. It was a hot day. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, I know. I was there. <laughs> I lived through it. So you were driving and they were having sex. Yeah, and they thought they were being so discreet about it. And they, uh, but you know, the, the nose doesn't lie, I guess. It. We're discreetly having sex 11 inches from someone who's driving. Yeah. It's a bourbon. Don't a worry, car. he won't notice. Yeah. Well, uh, so we get, to, we get to Galveston. I forget what we were doing there, but um, we were trying to find a beach and none of them were open. Uh, so we were driving along the seawall, and I'm freaking out, and I'm like, we need to go before we get caught, because we're going to get arrested, and my parents are going to find out, and then they'll take away my Suburban, and I won't be able to, you know, cover the lights with newspapers and sneak out anymore. Uh, so we end up hitting where the ferry is, and it's closed, so we turn around, but right 
as I start like in the middle of the second point of the three point turn, uh, someone starts running towards us and I'm like oh shit so I uh, I start maneuvering the wheel getting ready to peel out but it's a lady and she looks very distraught and she's completely naked, completely. So uh, I figure like uh, she can't have any weapons, like where <laughs> she's not going to be able to put weapons anywhere I hope. She and could hide them somewhere. Yeah, I mean, two places. That that's why I said I hope. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Tony, what, watch orange. I know the what that's black. all about. <laughs> so she uh, she gets closer, and I figure she needs help. So the person in the front seat like bails immediately, and uh, she's I let her in, and uh, she sits down, and she's just screaming, and we throw the fuck blanket at her, and she wraps herself up, <laughs> and uh, so my friend who's in the back just screams at her, "Shut up!" and it works. It completely works. The tears stopped completely. Her face was dry as a bone. It was insane. And uh, he was like, who are you and why are you naked? And she said to my innocent 16-year-old ears, she said, I'm a hooker. She used the word hooker. I'm a hooker. She screamed it at us. Um, what had happened was she apparently, and she was clearly on drugs of some kind, but she apparently was like about to be attacked or beaten by this guy and he had the, the latch of his door was broken off on the inside and so she had to like climb out his window or something. Um, she told us that she had stories, have you guys ever seen the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose? She said that she knew the real Emily Rose and had pictures that would blow our minds. <laughs> was she hiding them in one of two places? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she had them on her. Here's the thing, what she did have on her eventually was money. She got the guy's money <laughs> And she's like, I got that fucker's money, though. Uh, where was the money when she ran up to my car? I don't want to think about it. So she's trying to offer me money as uh, we, so we, we pull up to where she says is quote unquote home. And uh, she says more words to my fragile ears. She said, uh, let me out of this crack house. She said crack house. She didn't try to sugarcoat it at all. It's like, fuck you. Uh, she called your car a crack house? No, the, the place we were dropping her off. Oh, the car, okay. car was more of a, like a brothel at that point, smell-wise. <laughs> so she's trying to pay me for this blanket. It's like, I don't want that money. Uh, just take the blanket. And it's one of my favorite blankets. And I really miss that blanket to this day. Uh, but then So like, the same blanket that your friends had sex on? Yeah, and the then fuck a blanket. Yeah. And a naked hooker. Yeah, wrapped, wrapped herself in it. Now it's doubly soiled. I want nothing to do with this blanket ever again. It's ruined for me. Talk about coming full circle. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I, I just imagine her smelling it and going, it smells like new love. <laughs> how much I knew did what she, that was once. How much did she offer you for the blanket? Uh, I'm not sure how much was in her hand because I was too terrified of what was happening at literally everywhere else in the car around me uh, to be focusing on the... You know, I'm, not, I'm just like, no, no, get out of my car. Like, she it's, gave him three magic beans. <laughs> Oh God, I should have took him. I, uh, I have no idea how much money it was, but the thing that I remember that scars me the most is as she was leaving my car and right before she closes the door after she's accepted, I'm not taking her money, uh, she goes, my dad works at NASA, bye. At NASA? At NASA. He must be real proud. What? Huh? <laughs> my dad works at NASA, bye. That's what she gave me. After you dropped her off at a crack house. At her, she said it was her home at first. I would not, I would have, you know, I had no idea. So we all drove home in silence that day. One small step for whores. <laughs> oh my God. Shame on you, Mike. 
got a couple of edits I got to do on this one, huh? Coming full circle, that's not appropriate. Whores, not, not cool. You're a drummer. You're apparently a, a really good drummer. For yeah, me. I'm all right. Oh, Have you guys heard him play drums before? And my fans are here. Oh, man, I won some stupid popularity contest two years in a row. Houston's uh, Houston Press uh, Best Drummer 2012 and 2013. And then I was robbed of that title by a guy who deserves it more than I do uh, this year. <laughs> last year, rather. Uh, hey, just being nominated, though, right? <laughs> I don't know if that applies to drummers. Used to. But, you know, that's, what's, uh, that's my day job. But you drums. do it, you were telling me, for a church. Oh, yeah. That's fun. They came out to see a comedy show once, and I was just like, I have, my job's over. <laughs> I brought them to see uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> and uh, Bobcat just picked on them the entire time. It was incredible. It was like, it's totally losing, worth losing my job over this. But this, they're being ripped on so hard. It was very good. But what... <laughs> is that the light that we're almost done? Okay. What time do we start? At eight, right? Yeah, buddy. Just busted that guy. <laughs> Threw him under the bus. <laughs> he really came full... So I don't know. <laughs> You're a drummer. Do the rim shot. Do the rim uh, There's no drums in front of me. Also, pay me. So... Who's driving this bus right now? How did I miss something that happened on my podcast? What happened? I just missed a big moment. What was I doing? I'm sitting that? right here. Uh, she told me to do a rim shot, and then I said, pay me, because my job is to play drums, and I need the money very badly. So you, do the, so you play gospel? I guess apparently you play gospel. Is it like contemporary gospel? Yeah, it's a contemporary Christian church. Uh, it's actually um, mostly just like contemporary Christian rock music. It's very simple, very boring, and they don't make me go to practice, so I just... Uh, you wing it. I wing it. It's great. I can show up, and I'm still drunk from the night before, wow. and I play music for Jesus every <laughs> Sunday for the good Lord. How long is your, how long a gig is it? How many sets? Uh, it's two sets. One service is in English and one is in Spanish. And I don't know a lick of Spanish, so that one's fun. I, uh, do you drum in Spanish? I do drum in Spanish. <laughs> it's, uh, it's much harder than you think. Ambidextrous and bilingual? <laughs> there's, there's a, the second service is in English, uh, and I play drums in English for that one. But do you like for the Spanish part? Do you like wheel out some timbales or something? <laughs> God, you just go into to. Santana's Black Magic Woman. <laughs> like this is good. That's not a very Christian song. <laughs> black do you do, do, you do uh, like black churches, like the the Black Baptists? Oh, I wish I could. Those are so much fun. Yeah. I wish I did more. Uh, but no, I usually just stick to my my uh, humble little church. I'm the only musician they can afford to pay. It's a, it's a very small church. So old, you got to get one of those mega church gigs. Yeah, I wish. Like I have. But old Drunky McGee... <laughs> old Drunky McGee stumbles up and just dries up all their money for the week. Now, do you use that as an opportunity to be like, I'm going to play this song completely different this time? <laughs> or do you just... Yeah, I, I like to blow their minds. I put a laser light show on sometimes. <laughs> they're gay. They're like, gay, that... Yeah, that wasn't... I didn't like that this time. <laughs> the boom, boom, boom. We heard you sneak that in there. We don't like it. I think they're afraid of me because uh, oftentimes I'll have to, like, you know, hash out some rhythm stuff with them when, they, when they're messing it up, clearly. Uh, but, yeah, so my job's pretty secure just because, uh, you know, I 
I can play drums drunk pretty good, I guess. <laughs> Thanks. You've obviously seen me play live before. He's very happy that you could play drums drunk. <laughs> you play drunk church drums. Well, Gabe, I feel like uh, we've, we've, we've gone over time. Working overtime. For the show that Freak started out. late. <laughs> we've gone over time. What do you got to plug? Um, the, uh, You're funny, I, by the way, and I, should, I wish there was a way of uh, having you do a set right now. But. Yeah, that would be a redemption for the uh, terrible stories in the fall that I took earlier. Uh, I have, I think the only things that I have coming up, I guess after this, when, when is this coming out? Oh, it could come out this week. Depending on when you send me the file. <laughs> it's gonna, this thing could be up and running before this audience exits. <laughs> the only thing that I have like booked after this month for sure, well, I have a couple things. I have a monthly showcase in Houston at a place called Avant Garden. Uh, the showcase is called God Damn It. Uh, calm down, you drunks. Uh, the showcase is called God Damn It. Me and Steven Brando run that. And uh, we have just like, you know, the best local comics and a couple of real shitty ones. And uh, drinks are super cheap, so we, uh, we do that every month and it's fun. And then uh, I'll be in LA doing the Meltdown April 15th. Oh, that's a good show. Yeah, I did it uh, back in December. They was, pay you uh, in comic book gift certificates. Yeah, it was uh, worthless. Worthless to me. Just kidding. I love you, Meltdown. <laughs> Please have me back all the time. It was a great room. Gay, is it, what's your, do you have a website? Uh, yeah, thegaybravo.com. Twitter is at Gabe underscore Bravo. Instagram, thegaybravo. Uh, I'm on Tinder. I'm on Grindr, just for fun. Uh, now, I understand you have three Pinterest pages. Yeah. It's Gay true. Bravo, everybody. Thank you, guys. Nia DeBose. DeBose. Mike Lawrence. Thanks for coming out, everybody. Bye. Bye, Houston. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.